Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Root of the Sounds podcast with your girl and with any. If you are new here, welcome to the show. It is so good to have you on. And if you are regular, thank you so much for tuning in. It's January. We are almost reaching the end of the longest year in a month. <laughs> nah, it's been so great so far. I hope you are settling in into this new year of 2024. A reminder that if you want to be on the show or you know someone who should be on the show, make sure that you reach out to us on our social media platforms or you send an email at the root of the science pod at gmail.com. And if you think there is room for us to collaborate, also send through a message in the following ways that I just explained. Now, let's get into today's episode. My guest today is John Mark Oeching. He is a journalist and a space science communicator. John Mark is also a corporate communications officer at Kenya Space Agency. In this episode, he will help us understand all about space science communication. What are the challenges? What are some of the opportunities? And of course, why does he even do space science communication? So let's tune in to hear all about this and so much more. Let's go. Hello, John Mark. Welcome to the show. Hi, Anne. Thank you so much. I am very excited to be here today. It is such a pleasure to have you on the show today. I'm so excited to, you know, talk to you and for the listeners to know more about you. So first things first, can you briefly introduce yourself um, for the listeners out there? Thank you. Uh, my name is John Marco Cheng. I am a science communicator from Kenya. I am based in Nairobi and currently I am a corporate communications officer with the Kenya Space Agency. So there's really so much that I could say about myself, but maybe as we get to interact in the podcast or in this episode, uh, you will be able to you'll, you'll be able to get to know more about me. So that is just my brief introduction in a nutshell. Ah, perfect. Um, yes, we'll definitely get to know more about you. So you mentioned already that you are a science communicator. Um, more specifically, uh, within the astronomy and space field, right? Astronomy yes. and science communication. Yeah. So, like, take me to the beginning. How did this come about? Why astronomy and why um, space? <laughs> How did that, that happen? Well, I'd say that now we are getting into our time machine and going back in time, but then we both know that that hasn't been invented yet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, but um, this all started back when I was young, probably in primary school. And I used to wonder about the little stars and then the most significant memory I have is when I was walking, whenever I was sent to the shop uh, at, at night, I was walking and then the thought that was lingering on my mind is, why is the moon following me? So it's it's an illusion. I came to yeah. realize that it's an illusion. <laughs> they felt like it was following me everywhere I go and anytime I ran at the time, I could also see it moving <laughs> faster. So I was like... How does this happen? 
Yeah. And my mom was a primary school teacher and in the school where she was teaching art they used to get these book donations from abroad. So they were these giant discovery books that had a lot of information basically on different aspects of science and history and a wide range of topics but I was more curious about the science part. So I used to go through the books at the time. Of course I I wasn't smart enough to compre- to comprehend what the what they were talking about in the books but I could decipher what the pictures were and at this one time I came across a picture of the of NASA space shuttle the space shuttle mm. program that contributed to the Hubble Space Telescope being deployed into space. So now this idea of a rocket now sort of broadened my horizon and I wanted to know how does this work or yeah what happens in the outside universe i mean you can stare at the night sky and just see darkness but then when you really think about it there's a whole other universe out there waiting to be explored and that's what i decided to now focus on it wasn't really so intricate at the time but the interest grew with time the more i was learning wonderful wonderful that's that's amazing i love the story about the moon <laughs> i'm sure yeah. we've all had that okay so that was where your interest um started and uh, thank goodness that your mom being the teacher you were able to um have access to these types of um books that further um enabled your curiosity so yes. um in also in your introduction you mentioned that you are a co- corporate communications officer and um with a specific focus on space science so t- how do you tailor when you communicate how do you tailor your message um to engage a very wide audience i mean initially you telling me the beginning of your story i can already see how you do it but um to hmm. make someone who's not interested in science or not interested in space go like okay i want to listen okay so the first thing that i usually do or basically anyone who knows how to communicate with people is to understand my audience and that goes by knowing where they are from the kind of or the mm. level of education that they have so this one helps me doing this helps me tailor the message towards that specific audience so if i'm talking to different experts in the field i wouldn't be shy about using the technical jargon but if i'm talking to yes. any citizen uh, we call them local mwananchi or mwananchi here in kenya then i'd have to tailor mm-hmm. that in a layman's language that they can understand and and it also changes when i'm talking to kids and young ones and these are the wide majority mm-hmm. that i have interacted with in different outreach programs so mm-hmm. in all these i try to incorporate analogies so analogies like i can i can use a donut to describe a black hole or i can use the process of so it said when a black hole swallows something it's basically a high point of gravity in space 
where if anything if anything passes the boundary which is called the event horizon it can't come out not even light can escape it so that whole process is called spaghettification so it's the process of being stretched as you're pulled into the intense gravity of the black hole now to an analogy that i love to use in any setting whatsoever is you imagine your mouth is a black hole and when you're eating pasta or spaghetti now that whole process of you eating or taking in the spaghetti is now spaghettification and that is what happens when you're swallowed by a black hole so analogies like this make sense more relatable and someone wouldn't really feel left out if you're talking about it in a conversation or in a certain setting oh man i love that yeah <laughs> it makes it exciting and it <laughs> makes it um yes. more relatable because i know what spaghetti is i know what a donut is you know i know what my mouth is and um i love that that you 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 really have to know your audience and um even as you explaining and i'm sure as everybody else who's listening we can tell your communication skills are innate to you it comes out naturally so yeah that's that's pretty exciting do you mind sharing um some of like one or so if you can choose one but off the top of your head what has been one um moment one special moment that had you go like aha uh-huh, like it also kind of you learned something while you were trying to teach something or just any special moment that sort of stands out while you're doing some of your science engagement um you know uh initiatives at schools or even with um corporate and more the technical um people do you have one yes i do have one and it's a very interesting i should call it a story because on top of being a science communicator i'm also an avid sky watcher so i love to any opportunity i get where there are dark and clear skies i love to go out and just yeah wonder and think about my whole existence in the entire universe so there was this one time and i have this calendar where i can go and see when there are significant astronomical events that are happening so there was this one time during our meteor shower i was out and for you to catch a glimpse of these meteors you can you need to stay out and sort of camp and usually they peak from around 12 midnight to 6 a.m. thereabout so this one time i was out there trying to see if i can catch the geminids meteor shower it it originates from the gemini constellation so all these are terms that i usually love breaking down when i'm talking to someone about them so on this particular night as i was trying to trace where i would probably see a meteor coming from i saw this bright light it was very bright very fast and it roared through the sky and that moment i have never forgotten about it in fact any time i go back home and i look at that side of the sky i still remember 
how that felt or how that made me feel at the time. So I find that anytime we go on different engagements, different outreach programs, or even when I'm talking to just a random person, like maybe a cab driver, they also tell me about this thing they saw that they thought was an uh, UFO, an, an, an identified flying object. So now whenever that happens or whenever I get that response, it's usually an aha moment because now I'm like, this is a teachable moment. This is the right time to break this conception that people have about certain objects as we see in the night sky. So during these experiences, now I get a chance to educate them and tell them that that was not a uh, UFO. And I, ex- I explain what they were and how many times they happen in a year or what time they peak and mm. what the best time to see them is. And you find that after I've done that, so many people relate to that and they actually say how they felt mm. at that time. So it even gives it more meaning when now they know what it was and it makes them feel more connected to the universe. So those are usually one of my favorite moments whenever I'm communicating or whenever I'm talking to someone about space and astronomy. Yeah, amazing, amazing. I love how, like you say, that you're able to have teachable moments even in the most um, normal uh, day activities, whether you are... um, you know, doing, going on about your day. So that's, that's pretty amazing. So you, I just wanted to find out you from Kenya. Um, when you think of science communication, um, how is science communication? Like, is it popular in Kenya? I, I wouldn't say that it's popular. There are a few people who do science communication or some who do it but they don't really identify as science communicators. So we are in that stage where we are trying to now I together with other science communicators that are in the country right now, we are trying to make it popular. We are breaking Mm -hmm. the bias that science is a difficult concept to comprehend or understand. And that really Mm -hmm. goes a long way. So I wouldn't say that there are challenges that are involved in science communication in Kenya, what I see are opportunities. And these Mm -hmm. are opportunities to break that bias that people have against science and just let them know that it can be exciting, it can be fun, and it can be consumed just like any other news or information that exists out there. Oh, yes, definitely. I am you know, of course, bias to that as well as I'm a science communicator uh, myself. So I love that um, you and the other science communicators are also pushing um, that uh, that agenda. So John Mark, away from what you do in your work life, you mentioned already that you're, you're an avid sky wa- watcher. But you also have like really interesting um, hobbies um, like hiking, sports bikes, etc. So um, do you find like when you are out there hiking or you are doing your other hobbies that these um, activities might sort of intersect on how you um, convey 
um, some of your work, um, you, like your communications works? Do you have moments where you're able to, to you know, link the two some way, somehow? I actually do have some of way, uh, ways that I link the two. So almost all the hobbies that I enjoy are linked to adrenaline. I constantly love living on the dangerous side of life. And this is not an encouragement to our listeners to also start living on the dangerous side. <laughs> yeah, but I yeah. do find that these moments provide me a sense of clarity. I get to improve my productivity, especially after I go on a hike or a morning run or basically anything that involves my adrenaline peaking. So it goes... It goes well in in developing now my productivity, especially when I'm at work. I know I say that already, <laughs> but when I'm at work now, it improves the productivity. And how the two link with space science and communication is that I sort of get to have those alone moments where you get to comprehend about life a lot. So I start by thinking about what it is that I have on my plate, how I want to package it, and how I would how I would also make someone else understand. So basically what I'm trying to say is in those lonesome moments when I'm out there in the wild or in the woods, I get to find the time and the space to put myself into another person's shoes and see if I read this written or if I listen to this said by John Mark, would I really understand it? So that also gives me that the clarity on what my what I aim to achieve whenever I'm communicating. Amazing. You know, sometimes inspiration does come from the most unlikeliest places. And I love <laughs> and I love Very the fact true. that you combine the two. And you know, maybe somewhere when you're busy explaining about your adrenaline, adrenaline, um, janky activities, maybe somebody's like, oh, I also love doing that. And just incorporating the two, they might now start paying an ear to um to listen to the type of work that you are doing so um john mark you are you are in the beginning of your career um as a science communicator i'd like to know where do you see yourself or like what is the the big um dream and the big goal for yourself um in this space or even if it extends past the space first of all i'd just like to start by repeating what I said earlier, here in Kenya and Africa at large, science communication is not really appreciated that much, especially in astronomy and space science. So you find that anytime you talk about mm. space exploration, what comes to your mind is organizations like NASA, the European Space Agency, just to mention a few. But now that goal for mm. me is... How can I make it be like whenever I say space exploration, someone from South Africa or someone from Kenya or someone from Egypt says, you know what, here in Africa we have done this to contribute towards achieving some milestones in space exploration and we are proud of that. So 
I like a slogan of a company that I used to work for and it's Africans in space for Africans by Africans. So that is the stepping stone for all that I aim to achieve. We want to I want to be able to inspire many people all over Africa and the world to take pride in us exploring the universe, us understanding the universe. And I really love what Carl Sagan said. We are made of star stuff. So that really that is a quote I really love using most of the time because it really shows how much we are connected. So the ultimate goal is to see this becoming becoming a norm and breaking that misconception that space and astronomy is an idea of the western world or it is an idea of the west why can't we say mm-hmm. Kenya recently launched a satellite to space now how can i make that be a source of pride for people here in Kenya and of course that extends to other countries in Africa and different milestones that are achieved by different organizations in Africa and out of Africa I love this dream and I'm in support of this dream and you're absolutely right you know um Africa is doing some really amazing work and I think it's up to us as Africans to um amplify that work so that like you said when you think of ast- astronomy you don't only think of the um, the global north you think of africa um you think of kenya you think of south africa as well they've also really also big in that uh space um as well so i think it's so so important and i look forward to you achieving this because you know it starts like a little dream right now as having this conversation but when you get there i'm going to have you back on the show and we're going to be like listen remember what you said here you are <laughs> <laughs> very yeah. true and that is actually the whole idea and i want to be the kind of science communicator who inspires hope in mm. people i want to inspire that little boy in a local community in kenya to say that one day i also want to be a science communicator and talk about this i talk about biology talk about chemistry or just talk about something that i love in a way that people will relate to oh man i'm inspired and i hope somebody else is inspired and it's been so lovely 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 chatting to you John Mark today thank you so much for coming on to the show thank you so much and for the opportunity to be a guest in your show i've been going through it and i absolutely love what you're doing having different experts and guests talk about things that they love it's both informative educative and it can also transform someone's perception of things that they, that they had different ideas about so that is really the whole point of what you and i as science communicators are trying to do um exactly you've taken the words right out of my mouth and <laughs> thank you so much john mark um i wish you all of the best in everything that you do um and to everybody else who's tuned in thank you so much for listening to another episode of the root of the sounds podcast with your girl and with an e until next time goodbye bye